Welcome to Defan episode number 75. Is it like a what what kind of jubilee is that 75? It's like a Okay, I think if you are listening to this please tweet at us what we should we celebrate with. I think it's like a paper anniversary or something like something like that. A paper is one. Yeah. I think I, that, I think maybe it's diamond is 75. Oh, okay. Diamond. So gold is so gold think, is 50. I think diamond uh, okay. is 75. So it's diamond then. Yeah. Okay. So I think our listeners know what to send us. I mean, I'm getting close to it. So, Please you know. send us diamonds. <laughs> so do you actually remember what 50 was? Like who 50 Gold. was? Gold. No, no, but who was the guest? Oh, right. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Wait, come on. Don't ask us. I mean, we don't remember what happened in the last episode. <laughs> but it, but it, right. probably, it probably was probably was pure gold though. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I'll look up while we are while we are, you know, doing this. So that's okay. <laughs> Anyway, okay. so episode number 75, um already we have uh, I mean you have heard our guest putting us into super uncomfortable position that we don't have a shit we yeah, don't know sorry, shit about this podcast about about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um so yeah, this is Vijay from uh, from Holland and um Ray from Belgium. Yeah, oh hello. Yes. Ray from Belgium. Yes. Ray from Belgium. And our special guest today <laughs> from Please. Austria. Yes. Yes. Right from the Austrian countryside. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't. I, I'm having some audio issues here. Like, um, uh, like we Jay, I have like lots of lots of reverb. Not sure what's going on there. But yeah, hi, Ooh. I'm Filippo. Like, I'm uh, a closureist. I'm working mainly on the UI side. I spend most of my time working on NextJournal, which is a notebook platform for doing sciencey stuff. And um, yeah. Not much else to say, I guess. I mean, <laughs> we'll, maybe you we'll, have questions. Oh, we'll stop we'll there. there. Let's just stop we'll there. We'll stop I mean, I there. Let's, yeah. I think we're pretty much we're pretty Goodbye. much all done. I mean, <clears> my my cup, yeah. My <laughs> cup is empty. Empty anyway. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Philippa. So, let's. I think it's a it's a good idea to start because you you say you are um, closureist. Uh, Have you been closureist all along, or how did you become closureist? Um, If you did, so I guess um, for most of my ancient or or no, let's 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 step <laughs> back a little. So I guess um, I guess it all started with JavaScript for me, and it's like mm-hmm. JavaScript is kind of like this stick, this thing that seems to stick on me that I can never really shake off. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> um, but um yeah but I'm I'm doing this for a long time probably something like 17 years now or something so wow been there like with all the really hardcore old browsers like yeah used to fix bugs in IE 5.5 those kind of days they were terrible <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's man. not go there yes. and Um, so yeah, so I think it all kind of like started with JavaScript and at at some point I was also kind of like firmly planted in this, in in the Ruby uh, community. Mm -hmm. And I think that was mostly about, um, that it was probably the first kind of like community that took JavaScript seriously in that you can actually animate with these things and so on. So it's kind of like a lot of the stuff revolved around the Ruby community. And I think like 
from there, uh, JavaScript kind of like had this phase where I tried to um, always be a little bit better than it was or than it is. So that, mm -hmm. that's kind of like when all these transpilers came up and then you had like Webpack at some point and whatnot and all these crazy build tools popping up. And so I think for me, it was just like out of sheer frustration that I looked at all these compiled languages in the hope that I can escape JavaScript somehow. And yeah. I think like, I found Elm, which is kind of like a typed sure. uh, yeah. functional programming language. I really enjoyed Elm, but at that time, uh, we really had to do a lot of like uh, JS interrupt stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and the way Elm handled this at this point was really annoying. So you had kind of like these ports and like, like let's say you're interacting with a WYSIWYG editor or something, then you had like 200 of these typed port kind of things that lets you yeah. interact with the outside unsafe JavaScript world. So that was really annoying. And mm. I mean, at the time, I think I just like played around with a bunch of stuff and a good friend of mine was using closure script and yeah. ohm. So that's kind of like what dragged me into mm. it. It was also my first wow. Lisp ever. So wow. that was so good. Mostly you worked on the front end then, or you said you also did some Ruby stuff as well, or was was it um, Ruby on Rails or some other thing with Ruby? Yeah, I like uh, Ruby on Rails and a little bit of Merp back then, but I think they merged mm -hmm. at some point. But I never really did like the hardcore backend databasey yeah. stuff, so it was mostly always re revolved around the front end. So yeah, 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 because you you spend a lot of well, I mean you have a lot of experience from. Back in the day, I'm, I'm assuming like uh, jQuery days or even before that. And, and oh, yeah. way be way before that, yeah, way yeah. before that, like, yeah. yeah. So, so it's like actually the like HTML thing. <laughs> yeah, right. You right, actually, right, you actually, probably like I'm, you actually know. Sorry, go on. No, no it was just like uh, table layouts, the HTML. Oof, there were frames no and frameworks. <laughs> the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say you probably you're probably you know you remember how to program the DOM. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, <laughs> I think you know quite. a lot of uh, you know since that, after that... jQuery, I think essentially the DOM kind of started to go away a little bit for a lot of developers. Yeah, just like that, you can actually chain stuff and so on. That was really hmm. that was a big okay. step. But yeah, that, I guess that's why I started this whole thing with the word ancient. Like <laughs> it, feels, it feels like lore to me at this point. It's no, <laughs> it's, it's not real anymore. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think nobody even rec will recognize that that yeah. days of the web. I think especially the front end is like the, the rate of change in the front end is so high. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy, I think. I think back end, you can still have like, a, if, if you're, you know, uh, writing CGA script back then, it's still kind of similar kind of shit somewhere, you know, you can, you can still have the same modeling ideas somewhere. But yeah, front end seems so. to be evolved like crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's really the build tools that's kind of like a cr really crazy situation, I think. Like a million. Yeah. yeah. What about the, because uh, it's the other thing that's happened, I think, in the last, I'd say the last five years, maybe it's post-React, is is like the way that CSS gets treated in JavaScript as well oh, has yeah. changed quite a lot. Right. So, you know, is that something that you're also, I mean, are you a JavaScripter or a HTML, CSS, JavaScript, kind of like all all parts or... Yeah. Um, 
Um, because those are the things which I think, to me, those are the things which really complicate the front end. That you know, it makes it such a sort of daunting thing to to attack. I think, like, I mean, I'm I'm kind of like doing everything, like the HTML, CSS, JavaScript, whatnot. But um, I mean, the the more I'm actually spending time with Clojure and uh, and and just functional programming in general, I I just wish for I just wish that I could use this for everything, right? So I think at this point in my life now, I just don't want to use like CSS to place something against another thing. So I mean, at this point, I really wish that I could just program and I could maybe use a constraint solver kind of thing to position stuff and actually have logic in there and and not this, I mean... It's not a toy. It's, it would be unfair to say that CSS is a toy language because it's not. It's like it, it does. Sure. It does a lot of computation and stuff already now. It's, it's it's quite quite complex. But I mean, just having to make this jump from let's say a language like Clojure to into CSS, that's um, that's just like uh, I think a cognitive barrier that I just yeah. don't want to have anymore. So I really wish it would be like one language to do the full stack. Because the other thing that I think is like underappreciated is like these animations, you know, Uh, because it's quite easy to, uh, yeah, the CSS animations, Mm. animations on the front end in general, you know, it's quite Mm. easy to think about like the layout, sort of a bit bit logical, I think, the layout. And we've got Flexbox now, which looks pretty... You know, mm-hmm. looks like that's a, it's a keeper, you know? Yeah, so. no, it's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff, actually. Like, the, I mean, the Flexbox and Grids, grids CSS stuff, it's all good. It's like for most, uh, for, for all the basic stuff, it's really it's really well done. But I think, like, for for me, it's like um, if you're doing, like, um, application-style layouts and... and you know, there's 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 still all these strange cases where you open a pop-up or something and it gets weirdly placed out of bounds or out of screen. And I mean, all these things yeah. that, that are kind of like uh, to be expected in a proper functioning UI, those are still missing. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, just like basic hit detection, like, yeah, because <laughs> I was wondering because in, initially I think um, as you remember uh, as you probably have more uh, experience with as well like the, the JavaScript was just you're just sprinkling some things around and then it's just right. pages and then that yeah. stuff and then later we have these frameworks and then this whole spa thing took over like the single page stuff as well. So did you use things like uh, what was it called again? Uh, back um, backbone. Backbone, yes. <laughs> I forgot oh, the yeah. bone part. Yeah, sure. No, Maybe it's just a spine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and CoffeeScript and, you know, it was like a huge, you know, change in how you build applications because I, I used to do some stuff in um, YUI EXTJS and then it became Sencha and then I also did some Dojo things as well. They were, they, they were like crazy. Yeah, I mean, time. like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I did them all. It was terrible. But it was <laughs> like I had this unreal situation where I ended up in like some 
dive bar somewhere in uh I think Budapest or some somewhere. I, I forgot exactly where it was, but it was with David Noel yeah. that I ended like in this in this in this dive bar, and Ooh. both of us both of us were drunk, and we were kind of like <laughs> had this sobbing moment where we were comparing <laughs> all the all those awful libraries that we had to use back in the day, and it, we tried to came yes. up with like like who used the more esoteric stuff, and at, at some point we, we both. <laughs> We both uh, realized that we used a library called Kukstu, and it's oh, kind of like okay. it was this super, um, yeah. It, it it it's it's something out of Germany that I think nobody ever used, and it's uh, oh. it, it was quite esoteric. So yeah, sorry, sorry for the long answer. <laughs> I used Backbone. So it was <laughs> no, 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 okay. <laughs> So you, you were just comparing battle scars, like okay, yeah, who has right. the biggest that's battle what, scar? That, that's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, given given that it's like a total pain in the ass, you know, why did you do it? <laughs> so, because most of us just think, oh, forget it. Leave someone else do it. We're good at the back end. Exactly. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> no, I think like I, I've always been, um, I've always been super interested in UI, like since basically since forever like um that was always my thing like when i started with computers i i like just playing with games like seeing all this great ui stuff that's just like that was that was something that i always wanted to do and um i think back in the days it was like um you had to use flash to do this stuff yeah if, if you wanted to be on the web and uh i never really used flash because I, I just hated the tooling like i think mm. i just found the the whole editor awful and just like being able to use a text editor that that is not like this monster um mm. felt great and i think i got just got stuck there it's actually my okay. um, my first ever uh, gig in, in in this uh, field was um, actually animating using JavaScript to animate stuff. So that Ooh, was like script okay. scriptaculous and prot prototype JS. I don't know if that sounds familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of um, you know writing uh, instead of using tooling and then writing stuff in text mm -hmm. editor, so Emacs or some other shit. What do you use? <laughs> oh um so at this at this point i'm I'm using cursive so sorry i'm <laughs> i'm neither nor but <laughs> um but i use i used i used to use emacs like i used to use emacs and i used to use vs code yeah but um okay. so my big frustration with emacs was always that it's kind of like this this ancient piece of software that never really like the, the, the I mean if you look at the rendering stack of it like the the GUI stack yeah, of Emacs yeah. it's just not yeah yeah it's it's it seems like you're that I felt like I'm fighting this all the time like whenever I had to touch like the Lispy stuff it was great like all this like um yeah basically um life reloading the entire environment is just fantastic and cider yeah. is just fucking fantastic <laughs> The GUI stuff is awful. Yes. <laughs> but but, it, but it isn't Emacs just a basically a terminal on a mainframe, you know? So what's the rendering problem? What's going on here? 
Maybe it's so, you know better, BJ. So. I think it's the, because they, they they don't have any fancy VS Code things or I mean it's not written in JavaScript, so obviously it's better, you know, <laughs> compared to other no, stuff. I mean, like it's like just like you know, like the little stuff, like um, like pop-ups. You want to autocomplete some stuff, like you want to show yeah, stuff yeah. in place next to your yeah. cursor. It's like <laughs> I think that probably that the reason is that Emacs has been longer. Emacs has been in existence longer than all the different UI frameworks that we had. So mm -hmm. it never picked up one thing. It was never written in Qt. It was never written in any of these stuff. So, you know, it, it always had this its own rendering mechanisms. So it's mm -hmm. much more um, uh, much more consistent over the, I don't know, 40 <laughs> years of its existence. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I love that phrase, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, whether it is consistently shitty or whether it is consistently awesome, that's you know that's in the eye of the beholder. But it's, <laughs> it is at least consistent. <laughs> so, did yeah. any of you use uh, use Smalltalk? No, I, I, was, I play played with, with it now? for some time, yeah, okay. a little bit, yeah. So, my first experience doing that, like loading up the environment, loading up the the editor, was um, that it didn't support uh, res. So I was oh, using this on a, on a on a HDPI display, and I had like yep. this pixelated mess <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> and I think Emacs sometimes has the same flavor. It's kind of like it's just call not it there. nostalgic. Like, <laughs> I think we, we can have an extended Emacs section this week. Keep on going. <laughs> no, I, I just don't. I is don't it because is it because we are complaining about Emacs? <laughs> <laughs> not right. complaining. I think stating facts. I think you know that's uh, that's different, VJ. Come on. I uh, know these are alternate facts, man. I mean, these, these are these are not real facts. <laughs> anyway, no, but I mean, lots of great stuff yeah. in Emacs. Like all this, like um, yeah. I mean, there's just fantastic packages that mm. that you can learn so much. Like, I mean, the yeah. we the the witch key stuff, especially. That's something that we really took a lot of learnings from for the last mm. iteration of next journal yeah so yeah, yeah. By, by the way i think it's a really really great talk that you gave at uh, closure d where you were explaining oh uh, thanks you know the Thank discoverability so and everything yes, uh, i really loved so. it uh, it's a really good talk so people who are listening to this you, you should go out and check out i think we'll put a link in the, in the description for that one as well um, okay. so maybe maybe you can um uh, give us. Maybe some... we stay on here, Max, for a little bit longer. Okay. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, sure. hold on. Sure. Yeah, okay. so it'll pop up again. With no worries. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So just, just, I mean, you know, saying a few nice things at the end there, which is good. But let's go back to the hit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I've heard. I don't, I've get, heard I don't get. I don't get enough of it. You know. I, I, I heard everything. So bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so what? What? I mean, you know, apart from like, you know, vomiting on the screen with the pixelations and everything, you know, I think that's what you said. Uh, what, <laughs> what is, that's what I heard anyway. What is it? Not so saying what, no. What, what, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, you know, apart from that, what triggered you to, because you, you obviously still look at it sometimes for inspiration, you know, what not to do. Um, but what, what, uh, what, what bits, you know, what triggered you to eventually to sort of say, you know, screw it, I'm, I'm leaving Emacs behind, you know? So I always went, already always went back and forth between uh, VS Code and Emacs, I guess, because mm. just not because Emacs is so 
bad or whatever. It's just because uh, the Calver stuff got so much better. Yeah. And um, I really like this notion of having a an environment where I can hack the UI. So that's always kind of like attracted mm -hmm. me to this uh, tools like VS Code or Atom. Mm -hmm. So it felt like um, in Emacs that was a much harder, I would have a much harder time doing this because yeah. of this kind of like ancient GUI stack. Mm -hmm. I felt like since like VS Code is just like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, I can just basically do whatever I want. And I kind of like used VS Code uh, to experiment around with a bunch of ideas that I had um, for getting started with new software projects or kind of like diving into mm. existing software projects that I felt were mm. missing. But then I also kind of like always ran into troubles with like REPL issues that, uh, that just felt better insider. So it was kind of like this back and forth. And it felt like yeah. uh, it felt like the the cursive stuff is already really solid. So and it kind of like it's, mm -hmm. it, it felt like it covers both worlds worlds fairly well. So that's where I ended up. Hmm. Well, I think that's an excellent choice. Yeah, you've got to. Uh, <laughs> Are you using uh, cursive? I'm using cursive. Yeah, I like okay. I like to pay pay the man the money. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 paying. Yeah. Colin, Colin again. Colin, Colin has got a uh, fuck off. Colin has got. <laughs> <laughs> he pays for fonts, but he won't pay for software. You know, <laughs> he pays for fonts that don't render properly on Emacs, <laughs> but he won't pay for software. <laughs> they, they render. You should see his face, dear listeners. I you know. Mean, <laughs> just because you can't get Emacs to work, and you can't blame the tool. You know. <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, just to, just to if Colin ever listens to this, he's got an open invitation to come again, come back on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, I yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I, convince I, him I, to switch to Emacs. I think that'll be hilarious. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> Colin comes out and then says, "Which editor do you use?" I use Emacs to develop cursive stuff. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He flips between anyway. Emacs and cursive. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, just I'm before just we go how, there, how what, what were your experiments, yeah. uh, Philippa? What, what what were your experiments around VS Code oh. that um, that you were so, uh, getting into there? Um, I mean, I'm just like I'm, I'm super interested in alternative um, visualizations of a software project. So um, right. we just used to this um, to this way of looking at a tree mm. of files, basically. Mm. Like or like yeah. a directory structure, it, it kind of like always looks the same. And to me, it feels like, especially if you're uh, if you're taking over somebody else's project or you just yeah. dive into a, a an existing big code base, maybe there's maybe some different uh, visualizations of what's going on is better. Like mm. maybe a network graph that just shows you uh, clusters of stuff and you kind of like visualize the age of stuff uh, with uh, like by opacity essentially. So yeah. you could end up with like much more useful representations of what's going on. So, or like, let's say visualize change better, like again, like in a weighted graph, kind of like weighted network graph kind of thing. 
So those yeah. were the things that I was playing around with. I remember, um, I remember when we've talked about this before, uh, well, maybe we, have, we haven't talked about this before, us three, but I think um, I mentioned about uh, when we were talking at Closure D about like the Brett Victor stuff. Oh. Mm -hmm. The thing about Brett Victor is I always found, I mean, I know it's just a, in some respects, it's a toy, but it's a kind of like path to, to try and describe or show, okay, if I'm, because I often think if you look at the system that's running, especially UIs, it would be really nice to be able to see, well, what is affecting, you know, if I move around the cursor or I, I, I trigger a particular action, where is that in the code? Mm -hmm. And um, and that, that doesn't seem, I mean, it doesn't seem too hard to do in many ways. Mm -hmm. um, although I imagine, you know, again, it's it probably, I mean, I imagine it is quite hard, but, but you know, there is some, there must be something around that it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like a lot of this stuff is about tangibility, right? So you want just want to have mm, like yeah. uh, an immediate, if an, an immediate observable effect, mm -hmm. uh, and kind of like follow the chain to this effect somehow, ideally. Mm. But there's like a lot of like unsolved issues with 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 some of what Brad shows, like just this like sliders kind of thing. I mean, yeah, he has like yeah. this demos yeah, yeah, sure, where sure. you're kind of like scrubbing numbers. And it changes like yeah, the yeah. output of an equation, but then he you could he also shows like that you can scrub the result, and then you you see like how stuff in the equation changes. I mean that's just not like it's just yeah. not doable. It's like there's a lot <laughs> of math that's missing to kind of like just do that. So, but yeah, it works. It works great as an as an yeah. inspiration. I'm curious Sorry. about your 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 view on um um on on because you you said how to represent the code, how to represent software um, in, in rather than the text format. Because mm -hmm. it seems like, you know, there is always some experiments going on because if mm -hmm. I say with my experience looking at different types mm -hmm. of editors, different types of visualizations, but never something, you know, that every all, all these experiments, they never gain the mainstream, uh, you know, view because every new editor comes in and there is a left-hand side file browser, right-hand side editor, a bit of mm -hmm. a map and rest of the shit is okay. The same sure. thing. Uh, right. So, what is your view on this? Like, why we are not able to make that quantum leap of switching to? No, a different I think paradigm? it's just like um, it's it's also kind of like practic practicability, I guess. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're used to like this textual representation, and it's easily um, manipulated. Like in your editor, mm -hmm. you're used to your editor. You're, it's it's just like. I don't know. I haven't found much. I haven't found any much better uh, representations up to this point, to be honest. Like, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah. like at this point, I'm, I'm really, I'm not sure they exist. Like, maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally yeah. convinced that uh, uh, a a directory tree is not the best representation for for yeah. for for the file use case. Yeah, but for code yeah. itself, I'm not sure. You know, whenever I tried to use like the mm -hmm. noodle programming stuff, it mm -hmm. was not it was not good. Like, yeah, and you end up with this tangled mess. And so I, I would be interested yeah. in exploring like a, a not like this file based um, approach, but rather like a snippet based approach. I, mean, I think there's a lot of stuff people are talking about. I mean, one of the nice things about cursive compared, I don't know about Emacs, 
whether it can do this. But for instance, if you have a function and you know you want to just go to its definition, you can just click the you know mm-hmm. when you hover your yeah. cursor over it, it will become alive. You know the cl- the link will become visible, and then you can just click, and it goes through to that function definition. I mean that you know that that is so obvious to me. It's such a like a such a nice simple thing that you can just yeah, navigate you, code the, via. The, no, hold on, you, Vijay. Calm down. No, you cannot you say. You, the thing is, you cannot <laughs> say. I I don't know whether it is possible in Emacs. I mean, there is no that it doesn't matter what it is. It's always yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> they have they have yeah, classes in Emacs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean <laughs> I agree. I mean this this. This stuff is super useful, but then I'm I'm kind of like I'm I'm still kind of like missing what's going on with this interaction. Like that's something that frustrates me, for example. Like I'm using this I'm using this all the time, but where is the breadcrumb that shows me like the last five uh, items that I navigated through? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean these are the kind of things which is my history. Yeah, that would yes. be. Uh, that doesn't seem beyond the wit of man. These kind of, like you say, affordances yeah, yeah, right, right, you know, right. on top of these kind of editors. Right, uh, right. They're not kind of like, let's say, seismic changes or quantum leaps, but but mm. additional affordances that would just, you know, just yeah, improve the experience and make the experience a bit more. Yeah, like you say, improve your memory essentially. You know, <laughs> the tool right, right, to remember right, things right, that, right. that you forget. You know, and it's just the thing is always really, like that's a really good good point, by the way. The, I've never thought about this. It's it's easy to kind of like get lost in this, like what's a different, better representation for code. Mm-hmm. But it's actually these tiny things that I think could make a big impact. Like just yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like coffee cup holders in cars. You know, it's uh, who yeah. Knew? No, that it's was an important thing. You know, <laughs> it's pretty much that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like um. Are you familiar with like Doug Engelbart's work? Like, yeah, like the, 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 the augmented intellect. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really like to think in in that in that way. Like, actually, what what can we do to augment ourselves? Like, little things that make us better. Like, that's also kind yeah. of like the idea about the next journal stuff mm-hmm. that I spoke mm-hmm. about with Closure D. It's like just showing little like mnemonics right just like remember mm. reminding people what they can do making yeah. making them learn that stuff so maybe as we come on to that a little bit then because i think one of the things that you were talking about there was this like this this discoverability i would say you know um is essentially the the problem that you were trying to address is that fair right no that's fair yeah definitely so maybe as you could just give us a little go on Sorry, I should give you a little. I was just going to say, maybe you could give us a little bit of a context as to you know what you think the problem is and what you what you were kind of working towards, and you know, just so the lazy people out there can, can get a get a quick summary of your talk. You know, uh, like they should primer. watch the whole thing, but you know, yeah, sure, sure. No, it's like the uh, um, so next next channel is actually <laughs> what are you doing? For some reason, VJ is. <laughs> Put, bringing his dog into the podcast. Oops, no, no he's, he's, he's back. He's, he's biting <laughs> my feet okay. and then he needs attention. So. Okay. I see. Sorry. No worries. We discovered our dog moving on to the software discoverability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, like Next Journal is this um, five, six year old product and it does a lot of stuff now. And um, 
Hmm. It has tons of features that are basically just applicable to certain contexts. But hmm. the 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 old UI favored some contexts over others. And mm-hmm. that makes like a subset of features inherently hard to discover. So we tried to uh, emphasize this notion of context. So instead of like um, providing a default context, it's always about the current context. So you're kind of like have your cursor in mm-hmm. rich text and the system shows you all the actions plus shortcuts that you can do with this rich text. And there's possibly mm-hmm. more but you can click something or, or or press something to show this the other stuff. And once, like you 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 switch uh, into a code context, the kind of the, the UI kind of adapts. And we took this notion of context not only to like um, the thing you are working on, like let's say where your cursor is at, at a certain point, but we also um, we also applied this to um, Let's say, is there a modal open or is there like some graphic in the text flow that cannot be hidden? And the, the UI tries to adapt to that, like hide as little as possible. Or in, in that other context, it's fine if we hide stuff. And so we kind of like, we kind of like have this observation of, 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 of multiple contexts happening at all times. And from that kind of like we, we infer what the UI should look like. Sorry, that sounds, it's always kind of like, sounds very general. <laughs> Talk about this. No, it's okay. How, how do you, let me, I'm trying to understand. The UI adapts to stuff. I mean, of course. It, <laughs> sorry, sorry again. I was ranting. Oops. Sorry, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was thinking, maybe I don't know how to ask the question in a specific way, but I'm, I'll just think out loud. Um, because if you say that there are certain actions possible within, depending on the context, for example, mm-hmm. and from the user perspective, isn't it going to be a bit, um, a bit um, difficult to go to that that uh, that point? Because I, I'm 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 going to bring up some shitty UI thing, like my, you know Microsoft ribbon thing that they they right. they hide all the things and then you select a table and then they only show the table related stuff. So right. it, it's you know. But the thing is that if if my context is not there, then suddenly I don't know what is possible with the tables anymore. So, how, right. how do you how do you see this problem? I mean, you need some some form of default context. I mean, I think there is no way around that. Mm. And I mean, I think the yeah. ribbon does this as well, right? So I think if 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 mm. if nothing is selected, it still shows a bunch of stuff. So I'm not sure you you really get around that, but. Um, Ideally, I think, um, I mean, having no specific context is also a context, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Sounds like super Zen thing. Yeah, it's a Zen thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let, let's loop it back a little to Clojure and, and your experience from switching from JavaScript to uh, Clojure, Clojure script. You know, how, mm-hmm. how was the transition has been from writing a lot of JavaScript and, and, you know, kind of chasing the, you know, new features in JavaScript, learning, which is constantly changing and then switching to ClojureScript. How difficult was it Um, or how easy? 
I think in hindsight, it felt fairly easy. So there's a lot of mm. like, um, I think at some point I actually gave a talk about this. But um, I think the, the biggest hurdle was, um, well, I think there wasn't a, a real hurdle. It was just like there's, there is, there was some amount of anxiety towards the, um, the, uh, the parents. Yeah. <laughs> And there was some anxiety um, about the JVM. And mm. I think none of that stuff actually was that hard. So it was actually really mm. easy to to get into it. Yeah. I think like just, just like coming from JavaScript, like everything immediately felt way more consistent. Mm. I mean, even the JVM, like it, it felt way more consistent and way better than at the time having to deal with Webpack. I mean, I, I don't want to be unfair. I don't I have no idea how it is right now, but yeah. I think that was my biggest source of frustration at that time is having to spend all this time with, uh, with the tooling. Mm. Felt like I was constantly fighting this. It was immediately gone with, with, uh, with switching to closure. Yeah. And just language-wise, um, it, it felt like I, I mean I mentioned I was also I was also using Elm, yeah, for yeah. a long time. So you so you're familiar with functional programming, right? And, at this at that yeah. point, I was yeah. already pretty familiar with functional programming, and I, I was I had to switch back to JavaScript script after Elm mm -hmm. because of reasons, yeah. and yeah. Uh, uh, I was missing that part so much, like the the immutability and everything that. And, and closure gave that back to me, so it was like, yeah, it wasn't instant love, but it was like, it took me three weeks to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in, in JavaScript, yeah. in JavaScript days, it's 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 like I don't know, decades, <laughs> three weeks. Yeah, it's, uh, with JavaScript, it's an unhealthy relationship that I have. <laughs> that, that's that still keeps going, but yeah, and and. So, um, because Elm is, uh, as far as I know, or my little knowledge of Elm is that it's a statically typed thing, right? It's almost like Haskell. Right. Um, uh, right. So, did you did you feel like you were missing out any of that stuff when you switched to uh, when you switched to ClojureScript? Um, not really, because uh, at that at the time where I switched, like all of the cool stuff, like FigWheel, DevCards, yeah. that was already in place, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, the really awesome stuff about elm was always that so you produce an error right and the system mm -hmm. kind of like live reloads and shows you the error and you kind of like yeah. follow it back until you do the fix and then go on and figure kind of like provided the same experience for most mm. for yeah. most errors so okay i mean it's not the same thing obviously like but but um it had a uh, a similar feeling and the other thing was also um i actually liked this uh this notion of everything is happening at runtime way better mm. because like in in elm like just like dealing having to deal with ui having to give a uh, focus to an input field i was just awful during that time i mean i have no idea how it is but actually having like actually doing something, describing something that needs to happen at runtime, yeah. it was yeah. terrible. And since ClojureScript has this notion, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in, in ClojureScript uh, world, 
Um, I'm, I'm guessing Usenext has your own homegrown framework, or did you use Reframe or one of these uh, uh, libraries um, that are available? No, so Nextjournal is heavily using. Oh, Nextjournal, yeah. yeah Nextjournal is heavily yeah. using Reframe. Mm -hmm. um, but we are using more and more of our own stuff also in between. So I, I can't give you a proper ratio at this point, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's some of the stuff we build ourselves and there's also reframe. So I guess you're also using like from a tool set perspective, you're probably using the shadow stuff. We're using shadow. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. And that's actually also really, really well done. So mm -hmm. I really love that we switched there. And we're also using dev, uh, dev cards, but at mm -hmm. this point, probably, I think our own implementation of dev cards. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That does a bunch of more specific stuff. And yeah. we're actually building something that we, we don't have a proper name for yet, but it's, uh, we call it the next journal toolkit. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's a bunch of, of, of things that we want to open source as we go. Yeah. So, um, using using more and more of the stuff that we that we use for ourselves and releasing that as open source okay and so the the, the whole styling part as well as the logic and dom control everything is in closure script uh, in, in your project um right there's no um i think at this point there's no javascript i mean there's a bunch of like javascript in closure script like um, we're still yeah. calling all these apis obviously yeah. but um but I think there's no real JavaScript code anymore. I think the last okay. bit that we removed was for uh, integration testing. Mm. And that's gone now too. So I'm a bit more, I, I kind of a philosophical question, you can say. I mean, everything is philosophy if you look at it from some, some lens. Your approach to UI over the years, because you you tried Elm, uh, sorry, you worked in Elm, mm. you worked in JavaScript a lot, you worked in ClojureScript. Yeah. Did the language influence the UI, like the, the your UX ideas anyway? Because I'm, I'm curious the the developer experience translating into the user experience. Mm -hmm. I guess that's that's hard for me to answer because um, I was using React before I was using ClojureScript. I mean, it just feels yeah. like React is fitting this fitting the, the functional paradigm like a glove. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. and I'm pretty sure there are that are translations happening where uh, like mm -hmm. my dev experience kind of like um, translates over to the UIs. But yeah, I, I guess I'm not I think of it I don't have a good example. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, I'm wondering because yeah, yeah sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I think um I haven't used this extensively yet, but there's a thing called the Glamorous Toolkit. That um, mm -hmm. are you familiar with that? No. Which toolkit? So it's called the Glamorous Toolkit, and oh. it's a oh, thing that's coming from the Smalltalk world, and it's essentially a it's a custom UI. I hope I'm not like messing this up now, but because I'm not a, not like from the Smalltalk community at all. But um, my understanding is that it's kind of like a custom ide mm -hmm. that's made for uh for uh for uh small talk essentially and um it has all these really great ui ideas so the the author tudor girba 
like he is calling this moldable development and it's kind of like this like you are you are creating this uh little inspectors for your own code as you go but at some point they might uh, become the actual product or so everything has a single render tree and you can say like uh, in my code editor that i'm using i want to replace like this uh, expression with a graphical visualization, let's say a progress bar instead oh, of um, okay. something else or a slider instead of a variable or whatnot. And yeah. it has like this single render tree that, that allows you to do that stuff. And it might be that you just uh, need to, to create this little, uh, let's say a visualization or a network graph or chart, whatever, to find mm -hmm. a bug in your code. But then mm -hmm. you learn that this might actually be the better, the better uh, result of your work anyway. So you might want to ship your, you might want to ship the dev tool that you custom made to debug your code. Oh wow! And it's really, it's really fantastic. Like it's there's so much to learn from that stuff. That's really, that's really where it's happening mm. right now. Right, warm work, yeah. Okay, we've got to look into this stuff. BJ, get straight onto it. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there is, yeah. there is there is going to be glamorous.el for Emacs. Oh my uh, God. I'm just going to install and then I'm, I'm done, you know. Yeah, and it's going to render so well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, they, they like fixed all this stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, 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 all of this works really well now. So no rendering hmm. issues anymore. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that some of the uh, some of the things that I watch about, like um, p like from g the games programming world, uh, like you were talking about earlier on, mm. you know, those people they they, they say, you know, we, we make we look at we look at the tools, we look at uh, like the data, we look at like how people play the game, and we find a bug, you know, and then they find all, you know, okay, they they track the path through the code, and they make tools to do analysis on for that bug but they do but they end up doing analysis on their code base to find out how often does that bug happen blah 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 and then they say yeah actually these these tools end up you know being part of the environment and mm -hmm. hey presto we've suddenly got a whole new bunch yeah. of like very specialist debuggers that just work mm -hmm. for even just for that one game mm -hmm. you know could be the physics engine or the platform or whatever but you mm -hmm. know um I really like that approach because it's sort of, yeah, it's very much uh, focused on the problem at hand. But like you say, you might find a general a general use for it as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just love this notion of having a a little toolkit available that I can just, that I can just like use to debug my stuff. So it feels mm -hmm. like, um, like I mean, I, I guess it's not much different for backend programming, but but in the front-end world, it's it's just so easy, so easy to throw in a, a console.log and just like mm. print something out, yeah. right? And it's still like yeah. after I don't what feels what, what, what feels like a hundred <laughs> years, we're still we're still using oh, yeah. this approach, right? So yeah, and it's Absolutely. like it's, every time I use this, I swear, like I'm I'm thinking like I just wish that I had like a little thing, like because usually I I can I can think of what I need in this situation. But it's just easy what to if, do this console.log. And I wish I could just throw something in it. Did you did you see these other things? Um these uh the the things like uh, uh reveal and um mm, the yeah. things we've yeah. been talking it's, it's about. It's really fantastic. Because Portal they, 
portal. Portal, yeah, because they have yep. these. Uh, they use they use their own thing, but Closure also has this tap thing now, where you yeah. can throw objects at things and do rendering. That seems like good infrastructure, you know. Yeah, so we did. That's actually something that's probably be part of like this next general toolkit. Mm -hmm. um, so, like internally, we are having our custom tab. And at any point, we can open a little drawer in the app, and it will mm -hmm. use our own uh, like viewers API that we use to display like the the kinds of results that an external piece right, of code okay. can uh, mm -hmm. can produce. So, and at any at any point in our code base, you can essentially say tap this result to like this drawer. And then you yeah. can select the representation for it. And that's that comes in super handy. So that's some some form of a better console.log. By the way, I mean just a just a quick uh, small, not com completely you know big digression or di diversion digression. I don't know what it is called. <laughs> uh, it's it's better to explain what next general is. I, I think um, I'm pretty sure most of the people know in the closure community. Okay. I, I hope. Sure. Uh, maybe it's a good idea. But, but this be... podcast goes all over the world, doesn't it, VJ? That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for people who are using Emacs, and it's a good idea too, you know, because we're very popular in Emacs podcasting world. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, sure. Like, um, so next channel is a like, I, I can I assume that people are familiar with what a notebook or a notebook editor is. Maybe not. Maybe, 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 maybe give us like a so, two, one or two minutes on that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So you have like, um, so notebooks are these things that are fairly popular in, in data science or I guess in science in general. So they're they're a page essentially that you can fill with um, some form of like narrative text and pieces of code that can be executable and yeah. from that, you can produce something that looks like a report mm -hmm. that is runnable. Yeah. So, and the most like, like Mathematica is probably the one thing that popularized this format. Mm -hmm. But nowadays it's Jupyter that people yeah. are probably most familiar with. Yeah. And uh, next channel is one uh, incarnation of this, of this mm -hmm. type of editing. And so it's, it's, it's a product that's essentially focused on data scientists. I mean, you can use it for everything because it's like just code and it produces, um, it produces some sort of output that can yeah. be graphical or whatever, but uh, it's, it's geared toward data scientists and it should make it very easy to experiment with like, uh, machine learning stuff. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's just very easy to open like create a new next notebook um add a bunch of code cells like say you want to use like a gpu for that um mm. and it's kind of like it runs in the cloud it does all the like the scheduling for you you don't have to worry about having the correct drivers installed and whatnot yeah. it, it just like it, it does the expected stuff and it's special in that everything that you do in NextJournal is immutable. Mm -hmm. And at any point, you can roll back to a certain point in time and um, restore that. Okay. Or you can reference code from another time, stuff like yeah, that. Right. And um, 
So that's also important for uh, reproducibility. That's something that's super important in science because you have all these issues where code that was written in like three years ago cannot be run anymore because you don't have the proper libraries yeah. and so on and so forth. And we kind of like solve this because everything is containerized automat automatically behind the scenes and you don't have to think about it. Yeah. So that's kind of like what it is. Okay. So the, the, the whole, uh, you talked about front end um, being completely closure script and also the back end is also closure, closure right? It's a complete Right. So at, this, at this point, we have like everything is kind of like, um, right, closure-y. And we're yeah. also like experimenting with, uh, with Nix mm -hmm. and Gix, I think. And yeah. maybe oh, that okay. brings in more Lispy stuff. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, I think we, we were in a talk in FOSDEM about uh, Gix or Gix. I don't know. How does it? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't give you, I can't give you information on any of this. Like, this is so <laughs> not my turf. Like, sorry. <laughs> but, but the general idea about Nix and Gix, I think it's called, I think the general idea is that the operating system, uh, all the packages installed and those kind of things have reproducible Right. Or let's say they're well sourced, so you know that they're from a particular branch or a particular bit of code or a particular yeah. release or a right. particular tag on the code base or whatever. So right. we, I think the code, we, the we, the talk we were, we went to was like how I think there was was it the C, GCC compiler um, VJ, which took something like four years to become reproducible. Yeah, it was something so like they were that. explaining like yeah, yeah, because you, you want to have the same exact build or same exact version again and again. I think that they they really strive to make everything completely reproducible for every piece of software that you're using, the dependencies mm -hmm. and everything, which is mm -hmm. super cool. And and coming back to the next channel, so obviously it is built in closure, but you can just use any kernels or whatever they call it these days right you can use python so yeah it's use, like uh, that yeah. that's probably the other thing that's special about it so you can um mm -hmm. like special compared to other notebook platforms it's like yeah. you can you can mix and match languages so mm. it comes in with a bunch of like default environments like, mm -hmm. like we, we call this like um containers that come with a uh, language pre-installed and, and and essentially like everything that needs to be run uh, that that needs yeah. to run that language we call those environments and it comes mm -hmm. with a bunch of default environments like you can run Julia Python R Clojure Bash uh, yeah. a bunch of popular languages and you can use those together in a notebook and in a notebook so you can mm -hmm. say like you want to pipe the output of one language into another and so on. And, um, but you can also bring your own. So you can essentially uh, upload a Docker image that comes uh, installed with a bunch of like, um, or, or with, the, with a language and you can get that to work as well. Or we are also compatible with uh, Jupyter, sorry. So you can also kind of like go back and forth. How, how do you ensure that people aren't uploading uh, bit mining? Uh, oh yeah, that's like a <laughs> constant mining, source yeah. of pain. Like, it's like, <laughs> It's just like, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of like where I'm really happy that I'm in the front end department <laughs> and I'm not having to deal with this crap all the time, but this is like an ongoing source of frustration for our DevOps folks. It's kind it's, it's really amazing. It's kind of like, it's yeah. happening all the time and yeah, it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. You've got GPUs that people want right. <laughs> to mine on. <laughs> 
yeah, it, it's not only the GPUs. Like it's, um, no, I no, think no, at, no. I think at this point we don't even allow we are, we don't even allow GPUs on the free plan anymore. I'm not sure at this point, but yeah. um, still, like people just wanna they just wanna mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's also becoming a big problem in in uh, free CI CD um, tools yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I think on yeah. GitHub and um, uh, yeah, Circle CI and. It's it's just wherever there is free computing available, people are like jumping on it and then putting something there hidden in the yes. code base. <laughs> anyway, it's parasites. Yes, <laughs> yes. horrible. So um, obviously, you know, the the you talked about a few things in the things that you like about Closure, Closure Script, like immutability, functional programming, and the tooling, um, good tooling available. Are there any frustrations that you face building such a complex product like Next Channel using Closure and Closure Script? Um, there are some cases where I really wish uh, we had types, but yeah. this is getting better and better with uh, spec. Mm -hmm. We're not using spec that extensively yet, so I guess a lot of those mm -hmm. uh, issues could be solved with using more specs. Mm -hmm. um, I really wish sometimes that uh, it feels like sometimes you run into these errors uh, where you hit the compiler, like the closure script mm. compiler, and then it just feeds you garbage. Mm. I really wish those could be done better in some way or another, mm. but um, I was at David Nolan's closure, closure script compiler workshop. I don't think I think what's possible is done at this point. So I think that'd just be my sense of aesthetics here interfering. Yeah. But yeah. But no, I mean I guess in general I'm really happy with the language. Like there's no real there's no real pain point at this point. Yeah. No. Nice. But it is a and mm. it's it's like a one of those um uh, nice examples. It's it's kind of not like a run of the mill front end back end sort of application right the 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 stuff that you're working on no a... no no lots of stuff is like super custom and yeah exactly yeah, right, yeah. like right. pushing the so called envelope forward sort of thing like the ux is different the ui is different the target right. is different it's a very um, exciting project to be part of and then you know being no, in closure definitely and it, it 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 has this like research character so and it's, yeah. it's i'm actually really grateful to be in this and that's actually something i think where closure really plays in well because it feels like being part of the lisp family and having like mm. like rich is kind of like this uh inspiring guy that kind of like yeah. brings you a tad bit nearer to like the computer science history maybe and it, it feels like the community feeds on this on this computer science yeah. history stuff so it feels like if you're part of disclosure community you're it's easier to get into this uh, old stuff as yeah. well and yeah. for that i'm really grateful because like you said when you try to push the envelope a little bit like going history shopping from time to time can be a really <laughs> fun and rewarding experience kind of like stumbling yes. on this old piece of list from the 80s that describes mm. some algorithm it's like a really fantastic yeah. thing i think a lot of these things in the yeah in the 70s and 80s were well described it's a bit like I remember we were talking to the people from uh the jux who did the crux database mm -hmm. with this, uh, yeah. different different times and obviously the atomic as well has that concept of like okay well we can just store everything uh why well because we've got 
we've got cheaper CPUs, cheaper storage, cheaper this, cheaper that. You know, all of all of these ideas were being like conceptualized in the eighties, um, and they're dusting off now that we've got the now that we've got the compute power. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like um, it's also um, yeah, it's, it's basically just like um, somebody would somebody please just realize what they tried to do back then. That's what it kind of like feels a lot to me. Like like yeah. once you discover this wealth of stuff, like it's just like I wish I had more time. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have um I you know uh, Martin was on our um on our podcast. I hope Martin is listening to this. Hey Martin, you know. <laughs> so d- did you did you play Kaf Kopf that that he was talking about the the online Sorry, I did, game I did, thing I did, that I did. he was part of? Oh, I mean that's Shavkov. kind of like oh Shavkov. Yeah, that's why that's where we know yeah. each other from. Like. It's kind of oh, like okay. <laughs> most most of our team has been working together since over ten years at least. So, and we all ah, kind of like okay. met at the same Ruby conference and started right. started working in Rails <laughs> okay. and did the Shopkov so, thing and and now everybody learned Clojure. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're also a Skafkop. I don't know how to say that. Scuff, Shut cough. Cough. Um, okay, that one. <laughs> so you're also the pro in that one then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. like This is one of the most um, embarrassing things, I guess. Most embarrassing facts about me. Like I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm kind of like I'm doing this thing since forever, but I can't proper, properly play yet. Like I'm, so, so yeah. They tried to teach me the rules it's, it's so a... many times. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> But probably half of it you actually developed, and then you built the stuff, and then <laughs> sorry, I you know, did from, not hear you now. Sorry. So like the half of the stuff that you actually built, and then you know, you you never play it, you you never, you know, uh, got into the game. Yeah, I mean, I I, I yeah. played, but it's like they yeah. can't let me, they can't let me lose on the actual players. Like it, <laughs> it would be so embarrassing, and so I'm just nice. probably the worst player ever. Okay. <laughs> Cool. But, uh, By the way, I looked up. Um, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I've just uh, un- probably understand it enough to build UIs at this point. <laughs> yeah. <so>. <laughs> By the way, I looked up what is the fiftieth episode of Defen, or at least the the one that we deem to be number fifty is um, Bork Dude's episode. So, Mikhail uh, Borkant. So, so sorry, a... I did not did not hear you. It's an, oh, you're uh, the, really the... cut up now. The fiftieth episode that we were looking for, like which who was on the fiftieth episode? It's a uh, oh, yeah. Burkant. It's oh. a Burke Bo- dude. So, oh okay. So it, so it probably was pretty much pure gold. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this is diamond. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won. Anyway. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> On that happy note, um, is there any any other topics that you want to uh, mention or anything that we missed uh, poking your brain? About? No, I think I'm I'm actually actually good. Like um, I hope I was hoping for um, being able to mention Jeff Raskin because that's a book that I'm just reading oh, that yeah. I find really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Humane Interface. Yeah. Um, yes. it, for anybody who's interested in, in building UIs, it's a fantastic book. Like I'm almost done with it yeah. now. Yeah. Other than his, that, his son no. is also like a really good uh, UX. Uh, yeah, writer, right. Asa. Asa, yeah. Asa, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I have no idea what Asa is doing now, but uh, some of yeah. his past stuff is really, it's, it's great stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I, I remember um, you. He was talking about this. You know, on on Mac there is this Quicksilver thing. Like, and uh-huh. you can just uh, you know, like yeah, make sure right, we have thanks. more things yeah. now. But as yeah, us can make something stuff, on yeah. Windows. Yeah, exactly. On on Windows, uh, something there. Uh, his ideas about his blog was really good. I think I used to follow this stuff some time ago. I think it's like whether you think from noun to verb or verb to noun, you know, that there was really yeah, right, right, cool right, right. No, but it is also kind legends. of like in this in this humane interface book, like it's yeah. really not like yeah, and it's like all this work that that Raskin did on the Canon Cat, like it's just really yeah. good stuff. Like it's like yes, second I think the totally. I think people should uh, listen to. And listen to or at least read and um, uh, that's that's a really awesome book that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. cool nice yeah okay sure no no thanks for having me i mean um i feel honored <laughs> <laughs> i think it, it, it's 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 like one of the best episodes right in the 75th one the diamond episode i think we hey. absolutely you know that there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. uh, awesome ux stuff uh cool. that, that we usually yeah, don't. It was um, like a, deeper it's like it's like it's like an Emacs roasting episode as well. So it's been <laughs> yes. great for everyone, you know. Sorry about that, Nick, cliche. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also Nick. like it's when whenever you invite an Austrian to your table, like the complaining happens quickly. Like <laughs> remember that. Like we we started and lost so many wars at this point. There's it's it's it's, it's deeply ingrained in our nature. Just start <laughs> hating on something, and <laughs> I'll be your best friend. <laughs> no, I think I think you know it's it's it, there is a lot of fair criticism for for every piece of software, and I think Emacs is beyond criticism. So you know it doesn't bother me. Wow, so okay. that's fine. <laughs> it's it, it transcends anyway. a lot of things. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's it reached enlightenment, so nothing right. worldly things bother Emacs anymore. Right, it's right, right. Yeah. You tell that to yourself. <laughs> on uh, on yeah, that yeah, on yeah. that piece <laughs> of enlightenment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, thanks well, a lot, Philippa. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, thanks for having it's me. It's been you know awesome and and yeah, yeah, it's you. been great. Cool. Well, have a good time. Thank you for listening to this episode of DefN. And the awesome vegetarian music or the track is Melon Hamburger by Pizzeri. And the show's audio is mixed by Walter Dillert. I'm pretty sure I butchered his name. Um, maybe you should insert your own name here, Dillert. Walter. If you'd like to support us, uh, please do check out our Patreon page. And you can show your appreciation to all the hard work or the lack of hard work that we're doing. And um, you can also catch up with uh, either Ray with me for some unexplainable reason. Uh, you want to interact with us, then uh, do check us out on Slack, Closure in Slack or Closureverse, or on Zulip, or just at us at Defend Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your day and see you in the next episode.